From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday and welcome to Burncast. In today's episode, we meet up with Shrine to discuss his project, the Tassiograph Trash Tea Temple. Then, Lucy Hoskin plays her incendiary art piece, Satan's Calliope, for Burncast. But before we get started, first, as always, the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. Last week, during a visit to the Bay Area, I stopped in to visit with Hollis Hawthorne in the hospital. While she's doing a lot better than the first time I saw her, she still needs to come out of her coma. Hollis's mother, Diane, is with her 24-7, sleeping in a bed next to her and providing constant care above and beyond what the medical staff at the hospital can offer. Now, while it's beautiful to see Diane's love and devotion for her daughter, I can also see it's a lot of work, and I feel like she could use some encouragement and strength from the community. So please support ongoing medical care for Hollis by making a PayPal donation to her cause. I know times are tough, so if you are unable to donate, please take a moment to write to Hollis or write to her mom, Diane. Send a card, burn a CD, make a gift, something, anything. Or if you're in the area, come by and pay a visit. The address is St. Luke's Hospital at 3555 Cesar Chavez Street, San Francisco, California, 94110. Visiting hours are from 12 to 8 p.m. For more information, go to her website, friendsofhollis.com. Well, that's a wrap for the Burncast Community Bulletin Board, so let's move on with today's episode. We'll start with a conversation me and my friend Obi-Wan have with an artist by the name of Shrine to discuss the Tassiograph Trash Tea Temple, an interactive art installation constructed from 90% reclaimed and reused materials. It was a project he brought to Burning Man in 2007. Here we go. What's the name of this project and what's your name? My name is Shrine and this is the Tassiograph Trash Tea House. Tassography being the art of reading used tea leaves for purposes of divination <laughs> and mystical purposes. And so the tea house is made out of 90% reused materials and that's the tie-in. Awesome. How did you conceive of this product? Well, what happened was, one year ago, when the sun was coming up at the white procession at the temple, my friend Tucker, who's milling about here, sitting on the edge of my car, came to me and said, Shrine, when are you going to get a piece out on the playa? I was like, you know, I don't know, one of these days I'd like to, you know, he's like, well, why don't we do, why don't we do something? I'm like, well, he's like, well, we should write, write a grant, you know, he's a writer. Okay. I was like, well, yeah, well, maybe we will. So then he called me up a few months later. He's like, are we going to do this thing? I'm like, yeah, well, you know, he's like, well, okay, I'll, I need uh, some sketches and I need a concept and we'll send it in. So I sent him a sketch. You can see it on the uh, honora- uh, the Burning Man Honorarium website or site. And uh, I wrote something about it and he put it together and Burning Man said, okay, you have an official Burning Man project. Here's a amount of money. <laughs> and so, although it was not enough money to actually do it, it was... The fact that we then had a contract and were doing this official project kind of helped us to continue with it, but that's how it started. And I build shrines all the time, not this big, but uh, we kind of expanded a little bit so people could come in and and to try to you know hold up on the playa. 
Uh, originally, my original drawings, the, the from the second floor up were the, the dimensions. This whole bottom floor here, this first floor was Tucker's idea. He saw some windows I painted and he said, I want to do this bigger so people can go in it and you can we'll hang windows. So I go, okay. So he had an influence in it as well and he and, and it wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. He like handled all kinds of problems, charged through with all kinds of things that I'd normally be like, uh he said, Well we'll figure it out. Like, you know, how to do solar lighting and all of this and uh he hooked up the Portland Rebuilding Center, which we wrote a proposal and they granted us windows, doorknobs, wood, all kinds of stuff. All these broken lamp parts. You know, tons of it came off the street, but not enough to have completed it in three weeks. And that was finding it and, and making it, decorating it all in three weeks. I had a great crew in Portland. You mean this whole project came together in three weeks? Well. It started with the bulk of it was done in three weeks. We got a gig through Michael Kang and uh, a group called Our Future Now. So we got paid some money to set it up at Horning's Hideout, which helped pay for the expenses. From there, it went to Lollapalooza in Chicago. And from there, it went to Red Rocks in Colorado. I wasn't there, I went to Japan to perform with Lucent Dossier. But at Horning's Hideout and Lollapalooza, we continued working on it. And it was like, people, the masses were there. And it's like, what is it? Is it finished? It's like, it's a work in progress. You can see the process. So we were banging on it and climbing all over it. And, and that was great. And so I would say there was another week maybe of that kind of labor on it. So technically, it probably took a month. And it, yeah, it was like, get up at 7, go to sleep at 2 in the morning. It was yeah. pretty focused. Yeah. Constantly throwing stuff in the car. Anything and everything on the street. Because you never know what you can use, you know. Yeah. Just any piece of wood is got, you can cut it, you can do something with it. Um, it's just all kinds of stuff. So, the rug was found. This was found. Where's, where's the project gonna go when you're finished? I believe the next stop is back to Portland for the Portland Decom. And we're actually looking <laughs> for a ride. We, we had hooked up a truck that was gonna be bringing coconuts here to the playa and giving them out and then it was having an empty truck back to Portland. But they decided not to do it and uh, didn't tell us until recently and so now we are looking for a ride back to Portland where we're going to rent a truck. Actually somebody came by today and said that they needed to rent a truck to go to Portland we're going to try and split it. But if you hear anything. Okay. <laughs> we're looking for... And there's some other stuff possibly lined up through Our Future Now, which is an amazing group. Michael Kang and from cheese, String Cheese Incident, uh, David Dragon, who worked with Entheon and uh, did worked on the the big Dragon art car, you know, the Entheon Village art car, and and um, they've been really supportive and really unbelievable, and they are, have a huge hand in it getting here because not only did they take it on tour, they brought it here, right? Because we're still in the hole, even though we we're getting paid and paid, we're still in the hole. Like, it just adds up with expenses yeah. to do something like this. Even though most of it, the materials, most of the materials are found. The steel, though, for example, was quite expensive. Couldn't be found in three weeks. Uh -huh. Held off to the last minute. Yeah. It's like we're not going to find it. Okay, let's do it. Going to buy it. All kinds of like crazy hardware tools, generators, all this stuff that then you don't find. The solar array was like eight something. Picking up the trees, they came from healthy forestation from Tucker's land, you know, just going to pick them up in Ashland, running a truck that could 
pole, the 25-foot tree, all of a sudden it's like, oh, another 400 bucks. You know, it's like, so it adds up. Plus storage. Storage, yeah, on and on. But, um, so it's been great that um, some people showed an interest in it and that it was able to get funded in ways other than completely from Burning Man, which is the idea. I mean, they liked our proposal because we weren't asking for a lot of money. They didn't give us what we asked for, but they gave us most of it. And the, they really liked the idea that um, we were going to use all this used stuff and try to figure out how to do it ourselves, you know? It's like, they will give you money, but they're not going to pay for everything. There's certain things they'll pay for. But you have to do a certain amount of uh, fundraising on your own to get a big project to Burning Man, which I found out. Yeah. And working on the playa has been amazing. Uh, 2004 was my first Burning Man. I've worked on a lot of different projects, but I've never done my own thing out on the playa. And you see people doing it, and it looks hard, and you hear the stories, but then you get out here, and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> and it really, it's, and it's, it's been fantastic, because um, I turned 40 in 2004, and Burning Man was a huge catalyst for me to completely change my life. I feel that you, know, you can't expect the veterans who've been doing this for 10 years, whatever, just to come back every year with an incredible monumental sculpture. At some point, you have to jump in and keep it going. So for me, it's been very satisfying to at last be able to do that, you know. And I was scared to do that, kind of. It was like I wanted to do I was like, how do you do it, you know? That's why having a friend like Tucker, a Taurus, who charges ahead is so valuable in a project like this. What kind of challenges did you come across building it here? Dust storms, equipment challenges, tool shortages, the weather. Um, there's a whole thing that goes on out here with um, equipment that we didn't know anything about, I didn't know anything about, I know now. We weren't quite prepared as far as when the dust storm hits, what happens to all your tools, what happens to all your nuts and bolts after you've set it up three times and you're like, oh wait a minute, half of these don't work anymore and where are we going to get the other half? You know, like just a lot of stuff. Uh, we have plenty of people who wanted to help, but there were other difficulties. Uh, Burning Man, uh, we've set this up with a boom, which is a basket designed to lift people. They're not rated to lift this much weight, but we've done it three times doing it. And because you can articulate the basket and you get a spread when you hang it from the, uh, the straps, whereas if you're hanging it from one point, it's, you've got to go really high to lift something like this. And you don't have any control, it just sits there. So when we lift up these, these walls to connect to this thing, which is already in the air, it's incredibly difficult. I didn't know. I thought Burning Man was a free-for-all. Well, there is not a free-for-all. There's a huge safety enforcement that goes on here, OSHA rules, and you can't just do whatever you want, not with Burning Man equipment. So by the time we did get a crane in the line, and there was a lot of big projects, and, and they, did, uh, they did a lot to help us, too. Uh, we, didn't have, we weren't on the list to get a big light with a generator. We got out here, and our generator didn't work. And we borrowed one, but it wasn't strong enough, and on and on. And all of a sudden, it was like, we're running out of time. It means we're going to be working at night, but we don't have any light. Or we had a little light. So they have these huge lights, but there's not enough of them. So that was the whole thing. So anyway, what we ended up doing is, like, they had tons of booms, but they said, you can't use them like that. So, which, oh, okay. But, of course, we didn't know that either. So, but some fellows down the road there brought their own boom, and then at night, we would come over here with the boom and set it up. So we did that twice. So renegade it? We renegated it. And, uh, and I think all the, the uh, DPW fellows who are the higher up guys who are in charge of safety would be okay with that. 
and because a lot of it is like you get to figure it out yourself. You know, we'll help you so much, uh, but you're gonna have to figure this out yourself. DIY. You know? Yeah, yeah, which is great, and I think that is the proper philosophy to have with the artists that come out here. And I have learned so much about how to build a thing. It's been great. I mean, I'm you know, I'm a painter. I bake right out of trash. I don't really know stuff, structural stuff, and I do now. Yeah. Learned a lot, so it's been really, really great. So you kind of segued into what advice would you have to give to artists coming to Burning Man? A lot of patience. <laughs> Be prepared for extreme conditions on the playa, and and being that I've never had to really work hard on the playa like that, and it's different out here than like in a camp. You don't have your stuff, you know. You know, have everything you need out here and bring it, um, and bring extra stuff. <laughs> and um, be patient with the uh, the crew that's here to help you. You know, and we'll uh, work out. You just have to be just perseverance. You just keep getting up and just trying again and again. At one point, we had this second level up in the air in the height of one of the dust storms. And the particular crane driver was like, we got to push on through. And we were like, no. So you've got to push on through. We are like, okay. And then, like, this chandelier was just spinning. And eventually just crashed down 20 feet. Bam! In the middle of this crazy, we're holding this thing up. We're like, so we put the whole thing down. And it was like, turns out it was a blessing in disguise because it would have fallen anyway. Right? Because I had, I didn't realize that there was one, like, bolt on the bottom that held the whole thing together. <laughs> my wham. So there was a lot of blessings in disguise like that. Um, these feet that are on the bottom here, engineer at Lollapalooza insisted that we put them on and anchored into the ground. We were, there was no plan to do that, but it would have had to be done here. So we already had that when we showed up. So that was another thing that was very difficult to do in Chicago on the fly, but it worked out and it probably, who knows what, it may have um, saved us, you know, what, Disaster might have happened if it wasn't anchored. Yeah. You know. Patience, perseverance. Yeah. Bring lots of extra stuff. <laughs> More stuff than you think you need. Thank you very much. You're Hi. welcome. Good to see you. That was Shrine talking to Burncast about his art installation, the Tassiograph Trash Tea Temple at Burning Man 2007. The following year, in 2008, Shrine built the Bazura Sagrada. Next up is Lucy Hoskins, the creator of Satan's Calliope. Hoskins holds three degrees in engineering, electrical, mechanical, and computer, and says of his creation, quote, a punk rock engineering thesis, unquote. We'll begin with a brief chat with Hoskins before we conclude with a performance slash soundscape of her playing her instrument. I do a podcast about Burning Man. It's called Burncast. You're the bomb? Yeah. You're the bomb? I'm the bomb. What's your name? Lucy. Lucy. Is it legal to be a bomb? Yeah. It's incendiary. Do you mind talking about this project? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. What's the name of this project? This is Satan's Calliope. It's the world's only known fire-breathing pipe organ. It's not your mama's parlor organ. If you want Bach, you got to go to church. (laughs) What made you conceive of this concept? 
uh, walking around at Burning Man for the first time for about 20 minutes. How old is this project? Uh, I've had it here since 2000, but it's. I came here in 98 first time and went home and bought a welder. You made this yourself? Yeah, yeah, of course. You taught yourself how to make this? Yeah, yeah. Learned how to weld and everything. Oh. I'm a pretty good engineer besides, but I learned how to weld and it, this is what happened. See what happens when you teach strange women how to weld? <laughs> They'll set things on fire. It's dangerous. They'll beat a bomb. <laughs> to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, visit our blog at burncast.tv. To contact us, please call 775-363-5861. If you appreciate our podcast, we'd appreciate your support. So please make a PayPal donation to burncast at gmail.com. Music in today's show is by Williamson, available at magnatune.com. Photos by Tristian Savatier at Playadus.com. A very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts.